This week's comment, Random Shots, by Jelani Cobb, from The New Yorker magazine, July 4th, 2016. On June 14th, Regina Jeffries, a 17-year-old high school student, attended a vigil in downtown Oakland for two friends who had drowned in a reservoir. As she stood with mourners outside the service, gunfire broke out among a group of men who had been arguing nearby. Four people were wounded. Jeffries was shot dead. The next day, Luis Vio, a 29-year-old father of four, attempted to defuse a neighborhood dispute at the Farragut houses in Brooklyn and usher some children out of harm's way. When a woman he was trying to calm fired a gun, a bullet struck him in the forehead, and he died three days later. The same day that Vio was shot, Antonio Perkins, a 28-year-old Chicagoan, was broadcasting a Facebook Live feed of himself talking with people on the street. A car could be seen passing by and returning a few minutes later. Then the screen went black, but the feed captured the sound of gunfire and people screaming. Perkins was shot in the neck and the head, and was pronounced dead that evening. Last Wednesday, in the same week that Jeffries, Vio, and Perkins were laid to rest, some 15 Democratic members of the House of Representatives, led by John Lewis of Georgia, began a sit-in to demand that Congress enact gun control legislation. The sit-in lasted nearly 26 hours and eventually involved 168 members. Barbara Lee, who represents the part of Oakland where Regina Jeffries was shot, held up a picture of the young woman and said that she had photographs of many more victims of gun violence in her district. By engaging in a sit-in, a form of protest pioneered during the civil rights movement, and by having Lewis lead the effort, the Democrats were implying that congressional inaction on gun legislation was, like the federal foot-dragging on segregation 50 years ago, shameful. The sit-in also implied that the people responsible for this state of affairs are as unambiguously wrong as those whom Lewis faced down on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma in 1965. Reaction to the sit-in broke along partisan lines. Democratic Senators Chris Murphy of Connecticut, who had staged a 15-hour filibuster to demand action on gun control, Cory Booker of New Jersey, and Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts walked over to the House chamber to offer their support. Despite Murphy's efforts, last Monday the Senate blocked several gun measures. Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, denounced the sit-in as a publicity stunt. It was more substantial than a stunt, though publicity and, more specifically, public pressure were precisely the point of it. But from a civil rights perspective, there were also reasons to be cautious about the proceedings. The Democrats sought to use the example of the shooting of 49 people in the Pulse nightclub in Orlando to spur the House to take up legislation that would strengthen background checks and help prevent individuals on the terrorist watch list from purchasing firearms. The argument was that a person deemed too dangerous to fly should be thought of as too dangerous to buy a gun. The American Civil Liberties Union, however, announced its opposition to that measure, stating that the list is error-prone and unreliable because it uses vague and overbroad criteria and secret evidence to place individuals on blacklists without a meaningful process to correct government error and clear their names. In the current political climate, there is concern that the burden of suspicion will fall disproportionately on Muslim Americans. Beyond that, the proposals wouldn't necessarily have changed the circumstances under which Jeffries, Vio, and Perkins died. Background checks, though important, won't reduce black market gun sales, the source of the majority of illegal firearms in Oakland, New York, and Chicago. For the most part, 
The debate is not about gun violence in America. Rather, it's about a narrow variety of spectacular gun violence. The 2012 shooting at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, renewed focus on the availability of assault weapons and their capacity to kill large numbers of people quickly. No significant legislation has passed as a result. By many measures, gun laws have grown looser. The massacres in San Bernardino and Orlando have ignited a push to deny firearms to those who are suspected of terrorist sympathies. Nothing has been done with regard to that, either. But the fact is that mass shootings constitute just 2% of gun homicides in the United States, and assault weapons are not the weapons most commonly used by Americans to kill one another. Last year, the Chicago Police Department seized 6,521 illegal firearms. When The Trace, a nonprofit news organization that focuses on guns in America, analyzed the CPD's data, it found that...